Now, when Jesus was talking about going back to heaven and how he was going to send the Holy Spirit to you and me, here's what he called him. He called him a comforter. He said he will lead you and guide you. But he also said he's the helper. He's the helper. Well, if he's my helper, what's he going to help me do? Well, that's what I'm going to talk to you about today because I'm going to talk to you about guarding your gates. Guarding your gates. And I want to read out of Proverbs chapter 4. And uh, Solomon, the wisest man of the Old Testament, Solomon um, is going to give us what I'm going to identify today as four gates that we are to guard with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because we've all got these gates, and so let's read it. He said, guard your heart above all else. All right, so there's your heart. Now, the heart is the seat of your emotions. He said, out of your heart flow the issues of life. Your heart determines the course of your life, the direction of your life, what you do with your life how you treat people, how you treat yourself, how you respond to God or not. Your your heart is the center core of your being. So he said, you better guard it because it's very important. And now in the next few verses, he tells us what we're to guard. And if we guard these next four things, we will be guarding our heart. He said, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. So everybody say with me, mouth gate. Then he said, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Say with me, eye gate. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Say with me, feet gate. I wanted to say water gate, but I can't. But that's a lot of gates, right? So we're to guard our heart. So we are to guard our talk. We're to guard what we look at, we're to guard what we listen to, and we're to guard where we go. Now, he gave the Holy Spirit as a helper to help us open the gates when we should and close them when we should. Amen? Because he who guards his gates will walk in the Spirit. And that's what we've been talking about for weeks now. And I want you to understand there's no way you can have the enemy coming in and out of your gates and walk in the Spirit. There's no way that you can walk in the Spirit and not be guarding those gates. There's no way. So we've got to learn about guarding these four crucial gates. Eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, foot gate. That's a whole lot of gates. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your blessing. Lord, we want to walk in the Spirit. We don't want to walk under the tyranny of the flesh. Uh, We don't want to continuously fall and stumble, and feel guilty. But Lord, we we want victory over what you gave us victory over, and that's the flesh. And so Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, help us to guard the gates. Help us to guard the gates in our life so that, Lord, we can protect our heart from things that will carry us away or defile us so that we can walk in the Spirit and not grieve him. Lord, help us to be good keepers of the gate. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, guard your gate. Amen. 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 The tongue gate, what you say. The ear gate, what you hear. 
the eye gate, what you see, the feet gate, where you go. So I love the Bible because the Bible deals with where we live. And he covers everything here about us, our heart, ears, eyes, mouth, feet. This is all about life. Out of the heart flow the issues of life. And these four gates are gateways into our heart, our soul. And so we've got to learn to be keepers. You know, nobody can be a keeper of your gate but you. I can't keep your gate. I can't be there when the enemy is trying to get in through one of the gateways of your life. Only you can be the keeper of your own gate. And thank God he gave the Holy Spirit to help us to close that gate when we should and open it when we should. The Bible is full of references and allusions to gates. Take this one verse. Jesus said in Revelations 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Now, the door of what? The door of your heart. The door of your life. The door to your soul. I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens, everybody say opens, the door, I will come in and sup with him, fellowship with him, and he with me. Now, notice that Jesus said, I can knock on it, but you've got to open it. You and I are the keeper of our gates. Nobody else can open that gate to receive Christ but you. No one else can open the gate to receive the word of God but you. No one else can shut the gate to things that should not come into your life but you. We are the keepers, and thank God he gave the Holy Spirit to help us guard the gates. Can I have an amen? I mean, thank God. How many of you are thankful for the Holy Spirit of God? I mean, really thankful for the Holy Spirit of God. I tell you, as a pastor, I'm a great debtor to the Holy Spirit of God. I've pastored for years and years, and never, ever could I have ever done this week in and week out without the amazing help of the Holy Spirit of the living God. I I just so appreciate the Holy Spirit, who's not a thing or a fog or a mist or a force, but is a person. And that person, God the Spirit, has come into our lives to strengthen us, encourage us, lead us, guide us, and help us to be good keepers of the gates. Amen. Now, we all know what a gate is for. In the Old Testament days, for instance, or even New Testament, every city had a wall. It was surrounded by a great, big, wide wall. And uh, some of the walls you read about in the Old Testament were so wide, you could take five chariots across the top of that wall. So thick, so wide. And in every city that had these walls, there were gates around the city. And those gates were there for one simple reason, to let in the people that should be in there and to keep out the people that shouldn't be in there. And that's what our gates are for, to let things in that we should let in and to keep things out that we should let out. Now, if you're going to be like the first service, I could, you could have heard a pin drop on a shag carpet because everybody was thinking, because I know right away you're thinking, oh, no, this is going to be convicting. Listen, I need to be convicted. You need to be convicted. But it's also very encouraging because the same gate that lets something wrong in is the same gate that lets something right in. I mean, if we guard the gates rightly, our, the gates will bring blessing to us because nothing is going to get in but what we let in, and what we let in are the things of God, and those things bring a blessing to us. Amen? Now, the Holy Spirit coming into our life came in as a gift. 
Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Don't even go preach. Don't even go minister. Don't even try to work for me until the Spirit has fallen. Because you can't do Christianity without the power of the Holy Spirit. Christianity will kill you if you try to do it without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our strength. He is a gift. He is, it is God working in me, both the will and to do of his good pleasure. The Holy Ghost is a great gift. And the Bible says that we are to make it our aim as believers to not grieve him. And you know, that literally means make him sad. The Holy Spirit, notice he has emotions. How can you grieve a spirit that doesn't have emotions? The Holy Spirit has emotions because the Holy Spirit is a person. And he can be angry. He can be grieved. He can be sad. He can be joyful. When the Holy Spirit is joyful in you and me, we're joyful because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And and so here we see that the Holy Spirit has emotions. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Well, what grieves the Holy Spirit of God? Well, here's what grieves him. When we let things in through the gates that should not come into our life, we say things we shouldn't, think things we shouldn't, do things we shouldn't, go places we shouldn't, and the Holy Spirit gets grieved. And we don't like that feeling, but thank God it happens because when he's grieved, we know we need to repent of something and get right. Amen? So guarding the four gateways through the power of the Holy Spirit is crucial to walking in the Spirit and having victory over the flesh. How many of you want to have victory over the flesh? Man, this week, let me tell you something. Uh, Every day that we get up, we're in a tug-of-war as believers. And we're going to be in a tug-of-war until we go to heaven. We get up and there's a tug-of-war between our flesh and what the Spirit of God wants for us. So the Bible says the flesh literally wars against the Spirit in us, and the Spirit wars against the flesh in us. So there is a battle every day. So which one is going to win, the Spirit or the flesh? Well, as we shared in the first message, the one you feed the most, the one you feed the most. And that's why we're so big here in, at Turning Point of being in the Word of God every day. If you come to Turning Point, you're going to hear it like a broken record. Get into the Word of God every day and get into prayer every day because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And, and that means getting with God every day in the Word and in prayer, and it keeps us strong. Amen. So he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. But here's the promise. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen. Say with me, will not. If I walk by the power of the Holy Spirit, which means be controlled by the Spirit. If I'm led by the Spirit. If I am submitted to God. It says submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So our whole comportment and posture every day needs to be submitted to God. Last night, I just suddenly felt, go to prayer. And I went into prayer, and all I could say was, Lord, I submit to you. I submit to you. I worship you, and I bow to you. And you know, that position It says, if you bow before God, you will stand before men. 
So our whole, our whole posture as believers is to be submitted to God, bowed to his lordship, walking with him, guarding the gates, because the gates go to the heart, and from the heart come all the issues of life. So we guard the gates. This week I got up, I got up into prayer, read my Bible, I felt real good, full of the Holy Ghost, and then I went to Albertsons. <laughs> felt really good about things. I went into Albertsons, and, and I was already thinking, man, you know, I think I'm just going to really, I'm going to be really, I, I'm going to be taking care of some things. I'm going to work out a little bit more, ride a little bit more, cycle a little bit more, just made some little commitments to myself. And I walked into Albertsons, feeling good, feeling whole, full of the Holy Spirit, and then there they are, selling Girl Scout cookies. Now, I don't know about you, but those things run a number on me. Girl Scout cookies to me are the best cookies in all the world. And I tried walking by. But see, I found something talking to me, my flesh. Go ahead, Jeff, help those little girls. They need some money. Go ahead and just, just grab a box or two. And, and, and when I started looking at all that they had, oh, I bought some Girl Scout cookies. I got these graham cracker they're graham cracker covered in chocolate with a little bit of caramel. I know I'm about to mess you up too. And I got a box of those. And then I, how could I pass up those chocolate mint cookies? And so I got those chocolate mint. And then I saw some new kinds that I'd never tried before. And I thought, well, I'll just give them a little extra money because, I mean, they're, they're trying to raise some money. And I got another box. Before I know it, I've got a whole sack full of Girl Scout cookies. And when I went home, Cindy was blessed too. And do you know that I put them in the freezer, but all week long, they talked to me every time I went by the refrigerator. Yeah. Somebody's got to eat these. You can't leave them in here. Somebody's got to eat them. So, and I noticed I would undo the wrapper. And I'd say, just two. But then something would say to me, no, 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 three. And, and, and what's wrong with four? You're going to ride more. Go ahead and take five. And, and how about six? And, and I'm sitting down feeling like, you know, totally out of control. And I realize I just dealt with my enemy, the flesh. And oh, my flesh loves those things. And, and, and it was against what I really felt that I wanted to do. The only good news I can give you today is they're almost gone. And then I'm not going back to Albertsons until I know that's over with. But see, we deal with the flesh and much more serious things. See, we find that when you open a gate, that's where you, you let something in at times that's bigger than you. It's called a stronghold. And what is a stronghold? A stronghold is what strongly holds you. And, and somewhere along the way, we open a gate. We open an ear gate, eye gate, mouth gate, feet gate. And when we open those gates, something gets into our life and it becomes bigger than us. And sometimes it's harder to shut a gate than it is to open a gate. And so we are, we are the gatekeepers of our soul. Amen. I want you to say with me, I'm the gatekeeper of my soul. So let's look at these four gates real quickly, and let's just deal with them one at a time. And remember, they go both ways. If you let in the wrong thing, you'll grieve the Spirit and not walk full of the Spirit, and you won't get victory over the flesh. 
But if you let in the right thing, you will walk in the Spirit and you will get victory over the, fle- over the flesh. And the one that is given to us to help us do the right thing and be a good gatekeeper is the Holy Ghost of the living God. And I have found that when I'm looking at something trying to get into one of these four gates, if I say, Holy Spirit, help me, immediately, everybody say immediately, I'm not talking about five minutes later. I mean immediately when when I'm dealing with eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, feet gate, any of them, and and something is knocking wrong that wants in, I say, Holy Ghost, help me. Holy Ghost, strengthen me. Lord, help me. Send your spirit. And immediately there is strength. There is power. There is wisdom. There is guidance. There is counsel. Immediately. So the first one, the eye gate. Guard your eye gate. Look what he says. Look straight ahead. Everybody say, look straight ahead. And fix your eyes, fix your eyes on what lies before you. And the idea is, as believers, he's saying, look straight ahead at the things of God, at the Lord Jesus Christ, at the things that edify, at the things that are good. Look straight ahead. Recently, a couple of years, well, a couple of years ago, we went to the fair. We parked at the state fair where we came in at the midway. And the midway is insane. The midway is chaos. It is music. It is laughter. It is screaming. It is squawking. It is lights and action and carnival barkers on either side of you. And these carnival barkers are hired to get your attention, to get your gaze, to get you to listen to them so they can lure you over to what they want you spending your money on, throwing a softball into ever-increasing smaller circles. And if you can get the softball into that smallest one, you get to walk away with a great big teddy bear. And So all these carnival barkers are on either side. Now I knew where I want to go is way on the other side of the midway, but I'm going to have to walk through the midway. And so I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look straight ahead. I'm going to set my gaze. And I am not going to let these carnival barkers, these people, get my attention, bring me into conversation. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. I'm going to ignore them, even when they're right here, because they leave their booth and they get right up to you. It's like, you look like you could ring this bell. All the way to the top. And, and, and they're always wanting to lure you away from where you need to go. And so I said, I'm going to set my gaze. And I set my gaze. And I just made a beeline for my target way the other side of the midway. And here I go. I started walking. They're on either side calling to me. Come here. Come there. Do this. Do that. Try this. Try that. You can do it. Give your money. Come on. You're the man. And I just kept on going, quick pace, walking this way. And then it occurred to me about halfway through, that's exactly what the world is like. Because every day that we get up, we're in a tug of war. And we are to set our gaze on Jesus Christ. And every day we walk through carnival barkers that are talking to us all day long. Look at this. Look at that. Go here. Go there. Try this. Try that. You're the man. You're the gal. You got it going on. You can do it. Come on, try it. Get out of this silly thing called Christianity. Live a little. You deserve a break today. Have some fun. Talking to you all the time. And here's what he's saying. Keep your eyes straight ahead. 
Keep the eye gate on the things of God. Keep the eye gate on your target. Keep the eye gate where you really need to go. Keep the eye gate fixed, looking unto Jesus. Listen to this verse. Looking away, Hebrews 12, 2, looking away from all that will distract us, carnival barkers, and focusing our eyes on who, everybody? On Jesus. So how do I do that when I'm out there in the world all day long? You put your eye of faith on him first thing in the morning. You get up first thing in the morning and say, Jesus, you're on the throne of my heart. You are on the throne of my heart. I'm not on the throne Nobody else is on the throne. You're on the throne of my heart. And I fix my gaze on you first thing in the morning. And I've got the eye of faith on you. I'm going to seek you first. My gaze, my energy, my focus is you, Lord, and the things of God and the word of God. And when you do that, the Holy Ghost, you will walk out the door in the morning having spent time with God full of the Holy Spirit, and all day long, he will help you to guard your gates. Amen. The eye gate, what a, what a gate. Jesus said, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. Catch that. The eye is the window of the soul. The eye what you put your eye gate on is exactly decides whether or not you are full of light on the inside or full of darkness. He said, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, take care of your eye, where it goes, what it looks at, what you allow into the eye gate. Nobody can do it for you. Only you can do it. But the Holy Ghost living inside of you can strengthen you to do what you can't normally do. How many of you have ever worked out with weights? Okay. You know what? You can be in a gym and you've and you got weights. Let's say you pick up a barbell and you're laying down on that, on that workout bench and you pick up a barbell and let's say it's, it's got enough pounds on it that, boy, it's all you can do to get up two or three times. But then you start the fourth time and you can't do it and you're shaking and you don't know how you're going to, and how you're going to get rid of it because you can't even get it up high enough to put in the rack. It's about to come down and push down and crush your chest. So what are you going to do? Somebody walks up who's called a spotter. And the spotter takes hold of the bar and starts picking up for you, and suddenly what you couldn't do on your own, you can do with the spotter. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost is your divine spotter. He'll help you to pick up things you can't pick up on your own. Come on, everybody. Yeah, he's your divine spotter. Because when you can't control that eye gate, he'll say, he'll come along and say, come on, I'm going to strengthen you to do what you can't do on your own. So the eye gate, then there's the tongue gate, speak gate, mouth gate, whatever you want to call it. He said, look what he said. Notice he said, avoid perverse talk. Now, the more that we take care of our tongue, of the eye gate, of, or the, the, the tongue gate, mouth gate, speak gate, the more that we're going to enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever said something you shouldn't have said and immediately you felt the grieving of the Holy Spirit and whereas you had been full of the Holy Spirit, now you don't feel so full? That's because there's a direct connection to the mouth gate and the spiritual condition 
of your soul. He said, death and life are in the power of what you say. Amen. Words are so important. Most people don't realize the importance of words, but they can make you or break you. They can bring life or death to another individual or even to yourself. You can run somebody down to the ground so long that they are dead in their soul, or you can pick them up and say, you can do it. God is with you. Go forward. You're gifted. You're talented. God is going to make you, God is going to cause you to reach the other side. You're going to make it through this valley. You're not going down. You're going through. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming for you in the morning. And we can speak life into somebody who is discouraged and down. Jesus said, I tell you on the day of judgment, people are going to have to give an accounting for every careless or useless word they speak. People are going to have to give an account to God for every word they spoke in thoughtless, flippant, reckless manner. Can you believe that? That God's got a recording going on in heaven and he knows every word we say, thank God for the blood, and it makes you not want to talk. But I'm just quoting Jesus. Jesus said, your words can bless you or, or they can literally pollute your soul. The words you speak come from your heart and that's what defiles you. So if we don't guard the mouth gate, our words can literally pour the equivalent of spiritual mud into our soul. But conversely, if we watch the mouth gate and say things that are good and right, then it pours blessing into our soul and it assures that we will remain in the spirit and not in the flesh. Paul said, don't let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing. Everybody say a blessing so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. So I'm just going to be blunt. He's saying don't use profanity or gossip or make crude sexual jokes or abuse others with your words, but say things that will lift people's spirits in edification. I know I'm not going to get a great big amen and everybody's going to stand up and clap, but that's what the Bible says. You know, man, Pastor Jeff, I'm not coming back to church because I'm so far from that. Listen, the Holy Ghost who lives inside of you is able to be your spotter. And you can, you can do through him what you could never do on your own. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How does he strengthen me? The Holy Ghost on the inside. Amen. Amen, Pastor Jeff. Keep on preaching, brother. I, I will. One last thing about the speaking. I want you to notice when he says to you and me, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The very next thing he says after telling us, commanding us as Christians to be filled with the Spirit, he says, speaking. Can we say together, speaking? He, look at the connection. You want to be filled with the Spirit? Get hold of the mouth gate. Speaking. Speaking what? Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How are we filled with the Spirit? 
speaking, singing, thanking. All of those are word words. Speaking words. Be filled with the Spirit by speaking the Word of God to each other. Singing the Word of God to one another. Thanking God always. Guard the tongue gate. Say with me, guard the tongue gate. Amen. The third gate we're to guard is the ear gate. He says, stay away from corrupt speech. That means be careful not only what you say, but what you listen to. There is certain talk that we're to avoid like the plague. God gave us eyelids, but he didn't give us ear lids. Amen. We can close our eyes to some things, but we can't close our ears. So what recourse do we have? We can only walk away. We can only turn away. And that's what he says to us to do, didn't he? He says, stay away, turn away, walk away. If it's dirty, walk away. If it's gossip, walk away. If it's profanity, walk away. If it's blasphemous, walk away. If it's possible for you to walk away, walk away. He said, don't don't submit your ears. Close the ear gate. Watch over, guard your ear gate from hearing things that are going to grieve the Spirit of God and take you down, criticizing other people, gossiping about other people, running them down, undermining them when they can't defend themselves. He says, don't do it. Don't do it. Because you see, you're not hurting them. You're hurting yourself. Because right then and there, you are, you are forfeiting being full of the Spirit. Because how can we be full of the Spirit if we're saying things or listening to things we shouldn't say or listen to. Amen? You can't. Finally, the feet gate. Feet gate, where you go? Where you go? He said, mark out a straight path for your feet. A straight path. Stay on the safe path. The straight path is the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Carnival Barker's talking to you. Don't get sidetracked and pulled into going somewhere you shouldn't go, putting yourself in a context you can't handle. Amen, Pastor Jeff? Okay? Because there are certain things you cannot handle. There are certain places you cannot go, or you will mess up. My grandmother heard a little grandson in the kitchen. She heard something rattling around. She said, Willie, what are you doing? And she went in there and looked, and he was in the cookie jar with the lid off. And he said, I'm resisting temptation. <laughs> well, Willie, if you want to resist temptation, put the cookie jar down, close the cupboard door, walk away. Don't torture yourself by putting yourself in a context you can't handle. Well, this is good. Pre- we need to hear this. Everybody say feet gate. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Only you can tell your feet where to walk and where to go. Amen. So say with me, my eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, feet gate. 
Now he says, if you will guard your gates, if you will let the Holy Spirit help you to guard your gates and you keep out what shouldn't come in and let in what needs to be in and you're looking at the things of God, thinking about the things of God, like like today, you got up and you said, I believe I'm gonna go to church. That was an incredibly good decision because your feet carries you to the house of God. You're not gonna stumble in here. You're gonna be edified in here. And so that's the way we ought to do all of life. We get up, today my feet are gonna go to places where I can bless the Lord. Amen? Let's stand together, can we? Amen, amen, amen. Let's lift holy hands to the Lord. Father, how we need to guard the gates, especially in this wicked and perverse generation. We need to guard the gates. And so, Lord, today we give you, say with me, everybody, say, Lord, today I give you my eye gate, ear gate, my mouth gate, and the feet gate. Lord, help me to guard those gates, keeping out what shouldn't come in and letting in what shouldn't be kept out. In the mighty name of Jesus, say, Holy Spirit, help me. Be my spotter. Strengthen me in the name of Jesus. I sense his presence here right now. We need the Holy Spirit, folks. We need the Holy Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit of the Lord like never before. He's your helper. He's your strength. He's your guide. He's leading you. He's your comforter in times of sorrow, grief, and loss. He's your teacher who opens up the word of God to you, the anointing who you have received. He's with you today, beside you, in you, pulling for you, changing you, carrying you through the midway of life to the target, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed, you can say, Jeff, I listen to this, but you know what? In all honesty, I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure I know Jesus. I'm not sure that this spirit you're talking about, this Holy Spirit, is living in me because I can't look back to a time where I really had a life-changing encounter with Christ. You, talking to you. Forget about the person next to you. It's you and Jesus and me. I'm talking to you uh, directly and lovingly. Do you know him? Is he your savior? Are you positive? Because today you can be saved. He wants to come into your life and change you. He wants to give you a whole new life. And as soon as you say yes to Christ, he will come into your heart by the Holy Spirit I've been talking about. And you will have a whole new life dynamic at work in your life 
So if you can say, Jeff, I'm not sure. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I want you to pray it with me. You can do it right now. Take just, just a minute. But we're going to go to the Lord right now. So if that's you, I want you to say with me, Lord Jesus. Step out and pray. Lord Jesus. I believe you died for me. And I believe your blood covers my sin. I repent of breaking your laws. Jesus, forgive me. I receive you into my heart as Savior and Lord right now in Jesus' name. Now, if you pray that with me, with our heads bowed, would you just slip your hand up in the air and say, Jeff, I prayed with you. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Put it up high. You and you and you back there all over this place. Goodness. All over this place. If your hand is raised, listen, I want you to slip out and come down right now. Come down. Come down here. Nobody, listen, I did this in front of a whole room full of people who, amen, come on. I did it in front of a whole room. Come on. If you raise your hand, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. You come now. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to wait for you. Come on. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Keep coming. Come on. There you go. Come on. Oh, this is so precious to, to me. And to, But listen, the angels rejoice over this. Uh, I want to say to those of you that have come, I don't know most of you. How many of you are here for the first time? Amen. First time visitors. Okay. I love you in Christ. He loves you more. You, you pray the most important prayer you'll ever pray in your whole life. Because now you've gone from death to life, from lost to found. That's right. And so there's something that we want to give to you to take home with you. And where's Robert? There he is. And Robert, if you, you'll just take them over there as soon as we're ready. Um, quickly, I just want you to read. You're going to get a little blue bag of goodies. I wrote this for you. Let the journey begin. It's how to live the Christian life. It's very simple. You see this mug shot? That's me. <laughs> he says, oh, no. But it is. Now, I was 16. And, boy, I'll tell you, I was about to be totally destroyed, and I heard the gospel. And now, the felony I was in there for is a race because it happened as a minor. So I'm not a felon. Just want to be clear, but that's my mugshot. And about three days after this was taken, I heard the gospel and got saved. So this is my testimony. I want, and you're going to be able to hear it. I want you to hear it because it'll encourage you. Because look what the Lord did with me, right? I mean, <laughs> the, the, the same guy that, that said, I'm sorry, I'm not. He goes, the same guy said, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. No, it is truly a miracle. It is truly a miracle. Can I pray for you? Jesus, thank you for these precious people. I pray that you will do a wonder, a miracle 
in their life as they have received you. Thank you for the power of God going into their heart and the Spirit of God filling them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to ask those of you that came, this man right here is Robert. He's just going to take you over the edge of the stage and and give you what I told you he was going to give you. And so if you'll go over there with him so that he can help you fill a little something out so we can pray for you. And then uh, we'll let you go, okay? So Robert, lead them. If y'all, Rick, show them where to go. There we go. Right over there, folks. Robert, lead them. Show them. Lead them. All right. Amen. All right, go ahead, Brendan. Really quick announcements. Worship auditions. Right here, Melanie, our worship leader, she is looking for some great, talented people. So if you men can sing. singers, male, how many men in here sing? I want you to look at that. We've got a dearth of male awesome. singers. Oh, well. Well, if that's you, text the word music to 817-617-4378, and Melanie will get in touch with you and go through the, the process as far as the auditions. How many can smell that sweet-smelling aroma that's coming from the fellowship hall? Yeah, it's called jambalaya. We are doing our Mardi Gras fundraiser to cover the cost of the transportation to get us out to Mardi Gras, which we leave a week from this Wednesday, so please be praying for us. So you can go out to that fellowship hall, grab some jambalaya. It's fabulous. There's jambalaya. There's collard greens. There's... Um, Bread pudding, oh my gosh. Are there any Girl Scout cookies? It's in no? the bread pudding. Okay, oh well. <laughs> so we appreciate your support, and uh, we'll see you out there in the fellowship hall. Father, bless the people as they go. I pray, Lord, help us to walk in the Spirit. Lord, help us to guard the gates. Strengthen us, Lord, to do what we can't do on our own. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week. We love you. See you Wednesday night.